All right. Good evening. How's everybody? Good. Glad you're here tonight. Glad you're on live stream there on podcast. However, you've connected with us online. Glad we could all be together. You're a good looking group. <laughs> and even though I can't see you out there, I know you're a good looking group. Let's all find our place in Colossians chapter 1. Did I lose you there? Let's find our place in Colossians chapter 1. <laughs> Okay, let's bless the Lord. Father, we bless you, we honor you. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. There is none like you, Jesus, everlasting Lord, eternal Father, Prince of Peace, mighty God. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do. You're our healer, deliverer, provider, protector, our all in all and our everything. You are our safe tower that we run into and we are safe. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mighty name, your name that's above all names. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid our price, that you've redeemed us from sin, delivered us out of the dominion of darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and sit at your feet and hear your word and be taught by your spirit, that he'll deposit inside of us impartations of revelation that we'll hear the word for the first time with fresh ears, with open hearts to take hold of what it is that you have us to, to hear so that even if we've heard it before, we can go deeper, we can go further into the depth and the breadth and the width and the height of your revelation, Lord, to which there is no end. And I thank you, Lord, that we can continually grow and increase and develop in your divine life and nature, partaking of and conforming to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, Colossians chapter 1, and let's read verses 13 and 14. Thank you, Jesus. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. You know, we have redemption in Christ, not just with him, but we have it in him. And it's very important to know that we are in him. Isn't that right? Amen. That we're to abide in him, that we should have a conscious reality of that as we walk around through the day that we are in Christ. Hallelujah. If you have a conscious reality of being in Christ, would you say the things you say? Would you do the things you do? Would you think the things you think? See, all those things come into alignment when we realize I'm in Christ. That means wherever I go, he goes. Wherever I'm talking, he's listening. Whatever I'm doing, he's watching. He's right there. I'm in him. Isn't that right? Amen. And it says that he has delivered us, uh, rescued us or delivered us from the domain of darkness. And we know that he's talking about us, the real us, the human spirit, right? He didn't deliver our soul. He didn't deliver our body. He delivered us, the human spirit. So therefore, this deliverance takes place in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. First John tells us that if we abide in him, then we ought to walk as he walked. 
So if we walk as he walked, we ought to talk as he talked. We ought to think like he thinks. Amen. Amen. Well, we know that's a growth process, but you can't ignore that and think you're going to grow. If you want to grow, you got to give yourself to that. I'm in him. He's in me. Every place I go, he goes. Everything I say, he's listening. Everything I do, he's watching. If we abide in him, then we ought to walk as he walks. So if we're not walking as he walks, we're not abiding. Because it's about taking on his image and conforming to his image in our life. Not just in our spirit, but in our life, in our soul, in our living. We conform to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the one that rescued you, delivered you, brought you out of darkness, and transferred you into his kingdom. And it's in him that we have redemption. And in him, our sin is not covered. It is forgiven. But that's only in him. So first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. See, this excites me when I read these and go through this because it's like it's the first time I'm hearing it. I said, it's like the first time I'm hearing it. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. So if any man is in Christ, well, if we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we are in Christ. Isn't that right? So if I'm in Christ, then what he has belongs to me. Because I'm in him. Well, do you believe that you're in him? So do you speak what you have and who you are, or do you speak what who he is and what he has? I mean, on one side we say, well, I believe, but on the other side, you're talking and doing all other kinds of trash. If I believe I'm in him, do I talk what I have and who I am, or am I going to talk about what he has, and who he is. Legally, I am who he is. And legally, I have what he has. But do we experience what is legally ours? Or do we just agree with the word? Oh, I agree with that. Well, whoop-de-doo. You can agree in salvation and never partake of it by receiving Jesus as the Lord of your life. Right? So... We're not talking about just agreeing with what the Word says. We're talking about experiencing what is legally ours. And again, this takes a growth process, a continuous growth process. And you could stop growing any place you want. You could have stopped 20 years ago. Maybe, you know, I got saved 42 years ago. And I could say, well, you know, this is the way I thought 42 years ago. And I've never changed. Well, what does that mean? No growth. All right, so we know in life that we can have an inheritance. And we can go to an attorney's office and read the will, right? And we can either take hold of what the attorney says belongs to us, or we can just keep wishing we had it. Now, with a will, an inheritance, that's all in the natural realm. Well, God's inheritance is in the spirit realm. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says he has blessed us 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly place. So those blessings are in the spirit realm. So that inheritance, every, every, say every, every, every spiritual blessing. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It has to cross the bridge from that spirit realm into the natural realm. Isn't that right? So I should be speaking about who he is because that's who I am. Now, I don't mean just yakking it, but Proverbs says, out of your heart comes the forces of life. So that means you got to yak it into you in order to yak it out from you. And most of our yakking is to us so that it gets in my heart so that it can come out as a force in my life, not just a wish and a hope or a want, but a force that, bing, that's the way it's going to be, period, done. And I'm not talking about self-will and self-ambition. I'm talking about the force of your heart. But if you don't meditate on the word, if you know more about the junk of everything else instead of the word of God, you don't have it in your heart. I mean, I hear lots of junk all day long. But the bottom line is, what does the word say about that? What does the word say about that? What does the word say about that? Because we don't live in the junk. Are you with me? How many of you got so upset when the Speaker of the House got removed? Why? And what does it have to do with you? Mind your own business. That's not kingdom business. Don't get me started. I can hear it. We want to be speaking who he is because that's who I am. I don't need to be thinking sickness. I, don't, I need to start speaking healing and divine health. Jesus is healed, therefore I'm healed. Isn't that right? You own your house, your body. You're the owner of it. Nobody else owns it. Nobody else has control over it. You're the owner of your body. You live in there, so therefore you're the one that says what goes on there. I mean, think about where you live. Can anybody come to the door of your house and just walk in and go, I'll tell you what, this is what I'm going to do here, and you got nothing to say about it. Son, there's going to be a tussle. Maybe a little shooting. (laughs) Well, why do you let sickness come to your door and tell you the way it's going to be? Why do you let lack come to your door and tell you the way it's going to be? Why do you let worry come to your door and then tell you the way it's going to be? Why do you let depression, oppression show up and tell you the way it's going to be? You're the owner of the house. God owns heaven. You know what? No sickness in heaven. It's not allowed there. It's not allowed there. You are in him. He's in you. Therefore, you don't allow sickness in your house. You don't allow lack in your house. You don't allow anxiety in your house. Amen. Now, you're not responsible for the person next to you. They have a house, and they're going to have to let into their house, into their body, into their life what they want to let in. You can't control that. You can share truth with them, but you can't control their will. God don't control you. What makes you think you can control somebody else's? (laughs) Everything that God has 
is legally mine. It all belongs to me. It's the inheritance in the saints. Isn't that right? So when you talk about God, you're actually talking about yourself. Because your life is hidden in Christ. Amen. Verse 18. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now all these things are from God, all these new things. So everything he is, he has given to you. He doesn't have sickness. He doesn't have poverty. He doesn't have worry. He doesn't have anxiety. He don't have fear. He has health, mental soundness, protection, deliverance. You're the head, you're not the tail, above and not beneath. You're blessed in your bonds, you're blessed in your storehouses. Your enemies will be defeated before your face. And now in him, all of these things are truth. So we can either say what we have and what's going on, or we could say what we have from him. We shouldn't be saying things that we have and what's going on unless what we have and what's going on is from him. And when you read your Bible, it's very easy to figure out what's of him and what isn't. I mean, in Colossians, we read it. Put off from yourself anger, slander, abusive speech. That stuff's not from God. Amen. Our minds can be set on the things of the world. Oh, trials and tribulations. No distress. Oh, I have so much going on. I don't know if I could pick my head up today. Oh, we could set ourselves on the things of God, which is his word. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I prosper in the things I put my hand to. I am like a tree planted by streams of water. My roots go into that water. And that's the water. The streams of water is what gives me life, not the trash going on around here. It's the streams of water that gives life to me. It brings flourishing into my life. It brings fruit bearing into my life. It is the abundant life because my roots of my life are in that stream of the water of the word. And it readily flows. Amen. All things, starting with redemption, are provided in him. Redemption is only the beginning of learning to enjoy life. Let me say that again. Redemption is only the beginning of learning to enjoy life. The world and the influence of the world creeps in. It is subtle, but it's continual, and it never stops. And you have to be a guard over the entrances and exits into your life. Are you with me? It's called setting your focus on the word. If all you do is set your focus on the word for 45 minutes or an hour on Wednesday night or an hour on Sunday morning or even both. And then maybe an hour on Tuesday. And that's pretty much the amount of focus that you give to the word when you're sitting in church. And maybe for 10 minutes in the morning or something like that. Well, then how many hours does the world have influence on you? And how much are you speaking to that influence on a regular basis? You say, well, that's a lot. Getting the crud beat out of you is a lot. 
setting your focus. And everybody knows how to set their focus because every single one of you have been in a profession, in a job. Uh, uh, you have things that you enjoy, things that you like to do, things that you're involved with, and you set your focus on those things. Amen. You all remember, I remember working in the shop when I used to work for people before I had my own business. And um, if I was going to be going on vacation next week and it was only Tuesday of this week, I was already on vacation. It was hard to get me to work because I was already away. I'm on vacation. Why? Because I was focused on it. I'm focused on vacation. I'm not focused. You know what I'm focused on? When can I get the heck out of here and go on vacation? That's what I'm focused on. Thank you for your agreements. God bless you. See, after redemption, growing in the word is no longer about being saved. Jesus, come on. You know, it's not about being saved. I'm already saved. I don't need to go to the altar every week, every day or whatever. You don't need to do that. You're saved. You're done. You're saved. So what's all this growth about? Quality of life. Quality of life. What kind of quality of life are you talking about? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Now, I don't know about you. I want it all. Some people just want all the money. Uh, You know, but, you know, it's whatever you want. You know, you're not going to get it, but, you know, it's whatever you want. But I'm just saying, whatever you want, and I want all that Jesus has provided. You know why? He's my Lord, he's my Savior, and he died an excruciating death and went into hell to pay the price so I could have it. And that's the only reason. I don't care about none of that junk. It's going perishing, it's passing away. It's a tool. You use tools, tools in your hand. Turn your toys into tools. Good teaching. What did Jesus die so that I could have? Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. And the reason we want it is because every time we step further and further into things, it honors him. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans 8, 16. It says, no, I'm sorry. It must be 15. No, 17. Yeah, thank you. I was close. I had 16. It's close. It says, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Oh, we were doing good with the heirs and the joint heirs and all that stuff. But dear God, who brought in the suffering? (laughs) now there's one there's only one thing that most people understand that christ suffered and that was the cross and this is why we're all screwed up (laughs) you know when it comes to that kind of earth we're all messed up because we don't understand about how christ suffered in all of his life it is not physical suffering it is not mental suffering it's not suffering with sickness. It's not being nailed to the cross, although maybe somebody would like to nail you to the cross, but it's not about that. To suffer means to suffer my flesh. 
to put my flesh down so it will not enter into and walk in the temptations, the tests, and the trials that the devil brings to me. I suffer my flesh. The Bible says I would rather suffer my flesh than fail to please God. Huh? Not allowing my flesh to destroy me with passing pleasures. You understand when you just decide to boom and just use some abusive speech against somebody, you've just allowed your flesh to bring destructive things into your life. Everything is an open door. What you sow is what you reap. You either sow to the flesh or you sow to the spirit. We are fellow heirs with Christ because we are in him. There's a light show going on. <laughs> a bowl must be getting ready to go. Jesus has inherited the name that's above every name. So we can partake of that name that's above every name. Why? Because we're joint heirs with him. We share in his, his inheritance. If I'm a joint heir with Christ, we share in his inheritance. Now, when it comes to birthrights, wasn't he the firstborn from the dead? And doesn't the firstborn get a double portion of inheritance? Yeah, but he's allowed us to have the same share that he has. That's what it means to be joint heirs. We're equal heirs with him. What he has is mine. It belongs to me. Because I'm in him. Isn't that right? Amen. We're heirs of the kingdom of God. The kingdom that it says God, it gives God great pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we're to, to have the same pleasure in receiving it. Well, I don't know if I can take that. Can you take an eternity in hell? Can you take that? So somewhere in between is where you're rocking. No, no. It's, it gives him great pleasure to give us the kingdom. We should take pleasure in receiving the kingdom. Amen. Instead of sitting in the muck and the mire and the self-pity and the self-condemnation, then take hold of him by taking hold of his word and take pleasure in your spiritual growth. Amen. Stop saying, oh, I'm not a baby. If you're a baby, you're a baby. You ever see a baby walk around and go, I ain't no baby. I'll tell you what, give me that car. I'll drive it. You know, a baby knows he's a baby. And a baby does what? What does a baby want to do? Baby things. And but what does the baby look forward to? Growing up. I remember being like seven years old, eight years old and seeing people that were 30 years old. And I thought, man, I wish I was 30 years old. I still do. You know. <laughs> I still had the same dream. I hit it for a moment, but, you know. <laughs> but what did I want to do? I wanted to grow up. I wanted to be like those 30-year-olds. Because I realized I wasn't. And I realized I couldn't hang with the 30-year-olds. I was hanging with the 8-year-olds. See, and if we understand this, it becomes a place of overcoming. Because yeah. I'm not trying to live out of something I'm not. I know where I'm at, and that's where I'm living. Amen. Back to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. See, this is why examination is so important. I'm sorry. This is why honest examination is so important. 
We all do examination. We're just not always honest about it. <laughs> he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him or in Christ. So the righteousness of God is what we have in Christ. So I can confess what I have in him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It's who I am. Now, I didn't say you're the holiness of God. I said you're the righteousness of God. A lot of people have trouble with this because they don't know the difference between righteousness and holiness. When you say, I'm the righteousness of God, people go, oh, I can't say that because I'm not holy like God. Nobody said you were. <laughs> righteousness very simply means you have right standing with God. That's what it means. So what if I sin? Do I still have right standing with him? Yes, we always have right standing with him. And the prodigal son was proof of that because he thought he had to go back and become a servant in his father's house, remember? But when he came home, father was ready to restore to him everything that he had lost. Now, that's an important point. The father restored to him everything that the boy lost. See, there's a lot of times we think, oh, I'm going to go after that enemy and I'm going to get back what he stole. A lot of stuff he didn't steal. You done lost yeah, it. <laughs> and you got to get restored. There's no kicking down an enemy's door to get back something that he didn't steal from you. You lost it. And you have to get restored. And that's by growing in the things of the word of God. Renewing your mind. Are you with me? We always have right standing with God because Jesus already paid the price for our sins and he has restored our position in him. That's why you cannot ever be kept out of the presence of God. We are restored and that was God's plan of redemption. Okay? So don't sit and wallow in sin. You have the right to come into his presence and confess your sin. If you didn't have the right to come into his presence, you can't come and confess your sin. But you always have right standing with God. Now, you may not have the, the right in, when you're in sin. You may not have the right to stand and believe God and, and declare certain things. But you always have the right to come into his presence, confess your sin and change. Are you with me? It is the righteousness of God that he's made you to be in Christ and gives you the privilege of coming boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy in time. And God will forgive you because he's faithful and just to do it. Jesus already paid for the sin. His blood's already been paid, already paid for the sin. So why should we wallow in it? Amen. Come in the presence of God and you can be forgiven. Praise God. John 15, 7. It says, Jesus is speaking. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you abide in me, the word abide means to continue. If you continue in me. Jesus said that, remember, to the Jews and I think it was the priest that, that was believing in him. And he said, if you continue in me, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, that was the same word. If you continue, if you abide in me, to continue in me. 
So one way to continue in him is to continue in his word. Amen. You know, the Bible says that about uh, Christ dwelling in us. And then there's another verse that says about the word of God richly dwelling in us. Well, how much of Christ dwells in you? Depends on how much word is dwelling in you. Well, how do you know how much word's dwelling in you? How much do you talk to the trash that you hear out there? How much word, when you hear stuff, how much word comes up out of you to answer those things? If not, then you need to get in the word. You need to start reading the word, start studying. Proverbs is a good place to start, you know. 31 chapters, 31 days in a month, read one every day. By the time the, the year ends, you'll have read it 12 times. 12 times, the whole book, 12 times. And you'd be surprised what starts coming up inside of you. If we continue in his word, we continue in his will. Because his word is his will. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that means his will is going to abide in you. So then God's will is going to come and become your will. So if... You abide in him and his word abides in you and you're continuing and abiding in his will. Then that means you can ask what you will because your will is going to be his will. And he'll give it to you because it's his will. Well, that's what it tells us over in first John that this is the confidence that we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the request we've asked of him. So there it is right there. And a second witness, if you abide in me and my word or my will abides in you, ask what you will because it's according to my will. And you will have whatever you've asked because it's his will. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Attending church is not continuing in him. I've known people come to church and they spend their time cutting their fingernails, putting on their makeup, fixing their hair, scheduling things for their jobs, thinking about their businesses, all kinds of stuff. Writing grocery lists, planning lunch. So just because you're sitting in church, it doesn't make you a disciple. Any more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. It's a continuing consistency. Continuing in him. Leaving a church service and going into the world and making a conscious decision to sin is not continuing in him. You were in him for a moment, but you did not continue. Well, we understand that this takes a renewing of the mind. Again, it's a focus. It's a setting of yourself, a setting of your will, getting that word on the inside of you so the word can empower you and give you the courage that you need to overcome whatever it might be. Anger, abusive speech, wrong attitudes, wrong motives, whatever it might be. Continuing in the word takes meditating on the word so that you would live the word. And it's living the word that is continuing in the word. Reading the word isn't continuing. It's where it moves out into your lifestyle. That's a continuing in the word. Every decision made should be based on what the word says about that particular situation. What you hear out there and you are walking away from what you hear should be based on what you know about the word of God. Not based on what's being said. Amen. Right choices will be based on the word, not on what's popular. 
not on what's fashionable or even what may be accepted in the world's thinking. I've heard Christians say, well, you know, that's the fashion. That's the fashion. Look what's hanging out. Don't care if it's the fashion. You're making wrong choices because you're choosing fashion over the word. Well, I just can't find something. Well, then go to Goodwill. They got old stuff over there. You don't need fashionable stuff. Now, some people need to have the latest fashion because they have to have a popular opinion. Great. Like they're doing anything for you. Yeah. And, and who is it that keeps changing fashion? Why, why does fashions change? And why is it that after a certain day you can't wear white anymore? I think blending in with the snow would be good. You know, come on. Who comes up with this stuff? It's people that wants to get you to spend money. That's all it is. I realize I'm old, but I could save you some money, you know. It's God's word that prospers our life. Getting the word and putting it in our heart so we can live it and walk it. Abiding in the word. Jesus is the living word and we're in him, in Christ. So we can be the living word also. See, the more I get the word in me, the more I act on the word and live that word, I become the living word. Because it's life. Amen. By our lifestyle, we had the potential, the privilege, and the opportunity to walk as he walked. To abide and continue in his word always. To continue in his word is to continue in the blessing. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Continue in his word, you'll continue in the blessing. Sin is what steals the blessing. And if sin is stealing the blessing, then it's stealing your quality of life. So you can either suffer the flesh or suffer the consequences. You're going to suffer. Pick one. Because there's no way out of it. There's a good suffering, but then there's a painful suffering. I choose the good suffering. And this is not, you know, well, that's the best of two evils. No, suffering the flesh is not an evil. Suffering the flesh is an overcoming victory that moves you into a prosperous life. Amen. Romans 8, chapter 1. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, another translation adds to it, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. But then in this version, that goes in around verse 4, okay? But walking after the spirit, see, if we're walking in Christ, there is no condemnation. There's no guilt before God because we are in Christ, spiritually, the real person. Jesus is my righteousness, Jesus has given me right standing with the Father. I do not come before God with a consciousness of sin because I've been forgiven of sin, delivered out of darkness. If condemnation comes to us because we have sinned in the flesh, then we still have the throne of God to come to that we can repent, we can turn from that sin, and we can be cleansed of it. 
and we could stay totally free of that offense against him. Amen. See, now, see, now some people say things like, well, you know, if I sin, you know, I'm a spirit being and therefore I don't really sin. But but, you know, in my flesh, I sin. Well, who controls that flesh? Who controls that soul? It should be you. So why did you let go of it and not control it? And that's the sin. You didn't control it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we can come before the throne of God, repent, turn, and be cleansed. Therefore, if we do that, condemnation has to go. That's right. Sin has no power over us any longer. Sin can't keep you wrapped up in the muck and the mire and the self-pity. Sin can't do that. We're no longer bound to it. We're no longer bound by it. Right. Amen. You confess your sin, go back to the word, and walk after the things of the spirit. What happens if you trip? You do the same process again. You come before God, confess your sin, repent, turn from it, and go on. You might take two steps forward, one step back. You might take a couple of steps forward, trip and fall down and get all dirty and dusty. Get yourself up. Get into the presence of God and repent. He don't hold it against you. Jesus already paid for the sin. Verse 2. For the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. Glory to God from the law of sin and death. Now, it's not the laws of the spirit and the laws of sin and death. It's the law. The law. One law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. The law of life in Christ Jesus. We are in him. So therefore we can walk in and we can choose to walk in the law of life. Outside of him, there is no life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The life. He's not, he didn't say I am a way along with Buddha and Mohammed and all the other 9,000 Indian gods. No, he didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I am a truth. I have a truth, you have a truth, we all have a truth, but I am a truth. No. And he didn't say, I am a life, as though you could get life anyplace else. He said, the, the definite article, the. I am the way, the life, and the truth, and there is none other. When Pontius Pilate asked Jesus when he was before him, he said to Jesus, what is truth? Wrong question. The right question is, who is truth? This is why people are all messed up about truth and what truth you have. Well, I have the, well, this is my truth. Well, truth isn't a this. Truth is a person. Jesus is the truth. And the right question is, who is truth? Is Muhammad truth? Is Buddha truth? Is the cow the truth? Who's the truth? Uncle Tony came back as a fly. Who's the truth? What is the truth? The truth is Jesus. Jesus is truth. Amen. We walked in death before getting saved. And we called it life. But according to the word of God, our life is in him. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. 
Bible workout tonight. Isaiah 53. You should get so proficient with your Bible that as soon as I mention a verse, boom, boom, you're right there. When I first started coming to church, when I first got saved, and somebody gave me a Bible to use, I'd keep one finger in the table of contents. And they'd say, go to here. And they'd say, whether it was New Testament or Old Testament. i look at the table of contents, where it's at, and find it. And I would catch up. But after a while, I knew where everything was. Yeah. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely, undoubtedly, undeniably, and irrevocably, our griefs, which is sickness, disease, anxiety, and calamities, he himself bore, and our sorrows, which is also pain, he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. There's a lot of people still think that today. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell on him. And by his scourging, we are healed. So Jesus bore all of that. They thought that God had stricken him, that God was beating on him. But, verse 5 says, but. In other words, this is what they thought, but this is what was really going on. He was being pierced through for your transgressions. He was being crushed for your iniquities. The chastening for your well-being fell on him. And by his scourging, you are healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So verse 5 talks about transgressions and iniquities. Whereas transgressions are the actual sins committed outside of the law of life. To transgress the law of life. Iniquities are the causes, the results, and the effects, and the penalties of the sin because of walking outside of the protection of the law of life. So, transgression, we sin, we've stepped out from the law of life. So, therefore, outside of the law of life, there are causes, effects, uh, penalties, results of walking outside of the protection. Because once you transgress that law, you have stepped outside of it. So now you're open up and your protection has been removed. Now Jesus, he bore away or he, he paid the penalty for our transgressions and iniquities. Right? He's freed us from those things. Therefore, we are free from the sin and we are free from the results that sin, sin brings with it. Jesus bore it all away and washed us in his blood. Amen? The law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is that if you sin, you're going to suffer death. Not physical death, but corruption, decay, destruction. The Amplified Bible describes death as that which comprises all the miseries that arise from sin. Now, we all know that at the time of sin, there is pleasure for a season. But the season always changes. And when the season changes, then comes the corruption, the decay, the destruction, and all that comprises the miseries that arise from sin. All that came into the world as a result of sin. None of these things were in the world before Adam sinned. When Adam sinned, 
He turned the world over to the, the devil, Satan, and Satan ran the world, and he started to bring in all the destruction and the misery and everything. It's not God doing it. So if we transgress, we'll suffer iniquity or penalty. But the law of the spirit and life has set you free from all of those things. So therefore, in Christ, we can live and enjoy life. That these things do not have to hold us down and hold us back. The law of sin and the effects of sin have no more place in our life. We live in the new law of the kingdom of God. Okay, so I just had something run through here. So we're set free from all of those things. The law of sin and the effects of sin have no more place in our life. Okay? It's not that we cannot sin, but it's that sin has no power to destroy us. And it's not, okay, I'm going to sin and then I'm going to repent. Your repentance means nothing. Because that's a pre, you can't pre-plan repentance. There's no pre-plan payment on repentance. If you say, I'm going to sin and then I'm going to repent, your repentance is actually part of your sin. It doesn't carry any weight because there's nothing in the heart that's caused you to turn. You just did what you wanted to do and then thought you'll be the skinny guinea with the tiny hiney and you're just going to slip on by with some prepaid uh, repentance. Not happening. Now, under the Old Testament law, the law could point out sin. It was very good at telling people about sin. But you never had the power to defeat the sin. The law was very weak because it was through the flesh. Therefore, it could never bring the blessing to us that is spoke of. But Jesus set us free from that, he, from the power of sin. He's empowered us to be victorious over sin. He didn't free us from sin so that we can live in sin. You know, the Apostle Paul said about the grace of God, oh, because of the grace of God, then should we just go ahead and sin? And he says, God forbid. It's, grace doesn't give you the freedom and right to sin. It gives you the power to overcome sin. Amen. You say, well, I thought that I'm the righteousness of God. I've been delivered out of sin. Spiritually. Spiritually. But you're not just a spirit. You're a soul. Part renewed, part unrenewed. And you live in flesh, and it's a flesh of sin. Because there's sin in the blood. So that's why your body is decaying. Even though you're saved, your body continues to decay. And then you're going to get a new one when Jesus comes back. Thank God. And it will be 30 years old. And uh, so, uh, so we as a spirit being, we are redeemed. We are the righteousness of God. We are in Christ. And if I have a reality of being in Christ, then I as a spirit being will take control of my soul 
and take control of my body and make it do what it's supposed to do, not just what it wants to do. But how do I know the difference between what I'm supposed to do and what it wants to do? The Word of God will tell you that. Well, I had the right to get angry. Not according to the words, you don't. It's called an outburst of anger. It's a deed of the flesh, and it will bring death and destruction. Well, you know, I'm having problems in my marriage, so a little bit of immorality doesn't hurt. Well, according to the Word, it does. Well, I'm not really involved in anything, but you know, sometimes I just think about, well, that's called impure thoughts. And the Word of God talks about that. <laughs> Caught. <laughs> Are you with me? See, the Word of God separates it. You know, and you could say, well, God told me to get angry. No, He didn't. Sorry. He didn't. Well, he had Jesus get angry when he whipped those money changes. No, he didn't. How many of you ever had kids you had to, had to discipline? Did you discipline them in anger? Or did you just discipline them because they needed to be disciplined? Well, you're supposed to discipline them without anger. If you discipline your children because you're angry, those children will only learn to be angry. Amen. Hallelujah. Nope, you can't slide by. Jesus has set us free and empowered us to be victorious over sin. What happened to every believer spiritually in the new birth is proof of what can happen in our everyday life. It's just a continual choice to live in him and live in all that he's provided. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. We're going to read 37 to 39. Romans 8, 37 to 39. But in all these things, say all. All, all these things we overwhelmingly conquer. That means you didn't just barely win. You have overwhelmingly conquered and defeated the enemy. Through him. Who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So, what is the love of God? Well, the love of God is his giving Jesus the law of spirit and life, the living word, so that we might be the overcomer of the things that the devil attacks us with. The love of God is all that he has provided for us. He's provided for us everything because of his love for us. Amen. So we have to examine our life and see what's separating us from God and keeping us from partaking of our life that has been provided in Christ. And we can all probably sit here and go, no, 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 I'm not separated. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, listen, everybody's got stuff in their life and stuff that needs to be changed. And that's what you've got to be honest about. I have stuff and it needs to be changed. Huh? Amen. 
Amen. God gave Christ, and in him he has freely given us all things. That's what it says up in verse 32. He gave us Jesus, and in him freely gave us all things. That's the love of God. Freely giving us everything. Made us to be joint heirs with Christ. Didn't just forgive us of our sin, but raise us up then to sit us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Delivered us out of the deepest of depths and brought us to the pinnacle of authority. See, your salvation is a Joseph story. Out of the prison and into the palace. You came out of the pit and you went to the throne. All we have to do is remember to live there. Or live out from that place. Don't let things present in your life separate you from the goodness, the love, the blessing, and the life that Christ has provided for you. In any area. God's love is a giving love. Giving all that he has. Giving all that he has. He's given all that he is. He's held nothing back. All that the Father has is mine. Isn't that right? Jesus came to show us the love of the Father. The Holy Spirit, and the Father gives things to Jesus. The Holy Spirit takes of Jesus and discloses it to us. So all that he is and all that he has, he's provided for us. Amen. Now, just like the inheritance, you can read the will and you can wish for it or you can take hold of it. So we can either wish for these things or we can do what's necessary to take hold of it. Amen. We can know that God loves us but never, an ex- never accept and receive that love. And then you die and go to hell. But Philippians tells us that Christ is the one that strengthens us. You know, it's just a, a very simple acceptance of what Jesus has done for you. Do you know that when I got saved, before I got saved, I drank a lot. I did drugs. I did some other things that we don't want to talk about. But do you know that after I got saved, I could drink as much as I wanted to drink? It wouldn't bother God. I could continue to do as much drugs as I wanted to do. It would not have bothered God. Because my decision would have been spiritual. But you know, I grew and took hold of what was in me. And I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to do drugs anymore. A few other things I had to really talk about, but I got away from them. I stopped doing all that stuff. Why? Because I let the life in me rule and reign. I let that word of God come into me and let it affect my thinking and affect my will to make me stronger and stronger in the things of God where I would not back down or will not back up. And I'm not talking about arguing or debating with people. I'm talking about the devil. I'm not going to back down from the devil. You think you're going to bring sickness into my life? You think you're going to bring poverty into my life? You think you're going to bring depression into my life? You think you're going to attack my family? We're having a tussle, boy. Are you with me? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
We wrestle against the powers and the principalities and the world forces of darkness and spiritual wickedness in the high places. We're seated in heavenly places far above all powers and might and dominion. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. When we take on his strength, then we can do it. Yes. He's the one that will strengthen us spirit out of our spirit into our soul and with our spirit and soul strengthen our body. Yes. He'll strengthen your will to do the things that need to be done. But it comes through the word. It comes through the word. Yes. I mean, I could sit there and go, oh God, I need you to strengthen me. Oh God, I need you to strengthen me. You need to get in the word. That's what he gave it to you for. You know, people say, well, you know, prayer is the answer to everything. No, it's not. It's a peace. In fact, if you look at the armor, it's the last piece. The sword of the Spirit comes before prayer. The helmet of salvation comes before prayer. That renewed mind comes before prayer. Because prayer is not effective unless it's faith. And there is no faith without a sword of the Spirit and without a renewed mind. Then prayer becomes effective. Prayer isn't, I need, I need, I need, I need. Oh, help me, help me, help me. That's not prayer. That's begging. Prayer is faith. The prayer of faith is what needs to be prayed. And that's why it's on the bottom of the list when it comes to the armor. First, there's truth. Then there's practical righteousness that you walk in. And then there is the breastplate of righteousness of your lifestyle that protects you. Walking in that law of the spirit. Then comes the shoes of peace, a stable life. Because of being on the word. And then comes the, the, the shield of faith. Then comes the helmet of salvation, which is a renewed mind. Then comes the sword of the spirit. Now you're ready to do business. Yeah. And now with that sword in your hand and that shield in front of you and that renewed mind, you're ready to go to prayer and faith. Ooh, that's good. Hallelujah. We do so many things out of order and we think, boom, 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 rabbit's foot, rabbit's foot, rub that baby. It's going to work. Bless God. And it isn't because you're out of order. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what do you think prayer without faith is? And what is faith without the word? You don't know the word. You don't have faith. Because faith only comes by the word. Right? It's about getting things in order in our lives so things can work. Doing things in Christ means doing things by his word and by the Holy Spirit being the source of our strength. Amen. Amen. Let's say this together. In Christ, I can do all things. If you're on live stream or podcast, I want you to say these things too. In Christ, I can do all things. In Christ, I can be strengthened. I am not conquered. I am not defeated. I overwhelmingly conquer. And I have the victory in every situation because I am in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that these things become a reality.
in every single one of us that are listening here, online, wherever, however, that it becomes a reality within our spirit, Lord. Lord, even if they're online and the signal is being jumbled, you said you'll speak to your people through, through stammering lips. It's all about you. So speak to your people, Lord. Settle these things on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, give us a hunger for more. To press in of all that you provided for us. To be all that you've made us to be. To do all the things that you've uh, uh, given us to do. That we would fulfill your will on this earth, Lord Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You, you, when you raised up into heaven, you said, go. Go to the world. Go. Lord, whatever our part is in that going, whatever our part is in our doing, and we want to fulfill what it is that you've given us to do. So I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for all that you provided for us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, as we come before you with our giving this evening, Lord, you have provided for us also harvest. You provided for us a field that we could reap, that we can take hold of, a place of increase. And it all comes by the sowing of the seed. But besides the seed, the physical seed that we're sowing, we sow your word over the seed that we're giving. That we declare what your word says. According to Proverbs, you said there's one that gives and yet increases all the more. According to 2 Corinthians, you said that you supply seed for the sower and that as we sow that seed, you will continue to increase that seed for sowing and will also increase the harvest that comes from our righteous act of giving. So, Lord, we declare your word over the seed that we sow. And I thank you that we shall reap that harvest, as you have said, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us on live stream or on podcast or wherever you may be or however you've connected online. It is always a joy to be able to share the word with you. I mean, I get pumped up myself just hearing the word again. Um, I mean, I've studied it. I've taught it a number of times and always like the first time I heard it because it stirs on the inside. Peter said, I'll never fail to stir you up by way of reminder. And that reminder stirs us up and brings us further into the things of God. Hallelujah. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And anything that we can stand in prayer with you about, please let us know. It's always an honor to stand with you, our partners, and believe God for your needs to be met. Amen. Amen. Amen.